You're listening to Die Pod Die, the podcast. Vous écoutez Die Pod Die, le balado. Almost exactly two years ago, Common Holly, aka Brigitte Nagar, was releasing Playing House, her first album ever. On October 10th, we decided to listen to her sophomore effort, beautifully and strangely titled When I Say to You, Black Lightning. We also invited Elie Jeté, longtime CISM host and founder of the Quebec music blog Feu à Volonté, to discuss with her the ins and outs of her most recent project. We hope this short introduction of Common Holly's unique universe will make you want to dive deeper and listen to the album as closely as we did. The album is called When I Say to You Black Lightning. Uh, which means a lot of things. You unbuttoned your shirt and I looked at your heart. It's meant to feel directive, so it's like when I say to you, you Black Lightning, then like what what do you say back? What, where does it make you turn? Where does it make you look? What does it make you think about? Um, I think a lot of these songs are very ambiguous in that way, um, and so they're meant to solicit your interpretation and they're meant to give you space to um, put yourself into it and put people you know into it and so I think that that's a big part of it and Black Lightning is actually uh, the name of a motorcycle uh, <laughs> I don't ride a motorcycle but I liked the machismo I liked the strength I thought it was an interesting symbol for kind of like soft singer-songwriter music so um, that's where I went describe my voice um, maybe um, soft but not too soft I think at least with my intention I hope that it's still um, a little bit raw so that some of the sincerity uh, still comes through um, and it doesn't feel too pop um, I hope that I'm growing up a bit and I hope that that's coming through in the music uh, I think where maybe the first album was very much about me as an angsty 20-year-old. Uh, this one is meant to be a little bit more about um, everyone else, and maybe you know I get to tell the stories, but uh, they're not necessarily mine, and they're not necessarily biographical or autobiographical, so it feels like more of an exploration of um, people, and I think maybe that's something that uh, we often do as we grow up, as we start to um, look away from ourselves a bit more and make some space for others. <laughs> so that's what I hope to do.
So I worked um, with two people, um, mostly. The main one was um, my very good friend, Devin Bate, who did a lot of the production and worked with me on a lot of the arrangements that you heard. Um, and then the other one is Hamish Mitchell, who we flew in from Australia to kind of take everything and run it through various analog machines and give it that kind of like weird, dark, crunchy, wiggly sound. Um, <laughs> and that's why I think sometimes it sounds like really hi-fi and dramatic, and sometimes it sounds just like really shit. And <laughs> um, I think that's kind of what we were going for. A lot with sound, um, with working with Devin and Hamish, we experimented a lot. Um, experimenting with songwriting, trying to write stuff that wasn't just um, confessional, personal music. Um, trying to write stuff that was just experimenting, to be honest. I think there's a lightness to um, writing something that's not your first album, because you don't have to say, this is who I am. You just say, this is where I'm going. Um, I think when I talk about production for myself, it's kind of like I have the language and the ideas, but none of the technical skill. Um, so if I say we need something that sounds like book pages flipping over here, <laughs> maybe at that point it's so specific that I can just grab a, a book and you know flip it in front of a mic, but hey, Ali. <laughs> um, <laughs> otherwise, um, I'll say something to Devin like, I w we need like a whoosh or like a whiz or like over here, you know? <laughs> and then he'll be like, like this and he'll do something crazy. Like I've never seen anything like any of the things that he does, but he'll do it and I'll be like, no, that's terrible. And then <laughs> he'll do another thing and that'll be better. And then he'll do a third thing and I'll be like, okay, that's the one, we have the whoosh. Um, so it was very collaborative, but definitely um, complementary in terms of skills. He and Hamish were the technical people, um, and I was the creative director. <laughs> Devins, my producer, he does a lot of um, sound for theater. So we either would use field recording stuff just that we would you know, record outside or record at events or whatever. For example, um, all the repeated crowd vocals that you hear in that song, It's Not Real, that's just the repetition over and over. We recorded that um, at a show where we had the audience sing um, and he had a little microphone and we recorded them and then we used that later. Um, and then otherwise, just some like computer stuff. It's not real if I forget it. 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 It's not real. I think the best songs happen in five minutes and then the less good songs take way longer. Um, that's usually how it goes. I've heard that from other people as well. Um, the last song you heard, I'm Crazy Okay, 
was intended as a joke, and I just kind of like threw it down on the guitar and sent it to Devin and said, <laughs> here you go. And then uh, it yeah, ended up being one of my favorites, so yeah. bridge super light topics. Uh, some of them are uh, death, um, mental illness for sure, like you say, um, self-denial, denial, denial um, all those things, you know, we have to talk about them. And um, in a way it's light because I don't think any of it is meant seriously. There's, there is some kind of undertone of lightness, which is maybe why I ended on that last song. Um, that you're allowed to laugh at and be like, oh yeah, I am crazy, <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff in there um, that's meant to be familiar and relatable, and uh, hopefully shouldn't make you too sad. So we wrote, well, I wrote 11 songs, and we put nine on the album. Um, and as far as like having a theme or a narrative in advance, I think. Um, this time around, it was kind of like, you know how uh, when you have a dream, you don't know what it's about, but then the next day you like think about it for a long time, you spend so long, you're like, what does this mean? And, um, I think very similarly with the album. Yeah, I don't know, it wasn't necessarily all meant to go together. Um, that was mostly due to time and finding ways to fit it together and then looking at it really hard and saying like, what has this meant and what could it mean for people? So that's what it is. You went to use on a basket of shoes to fill up 